This is Afternoon Prop for people who want to hear the news of the day, who don't have time to sift through all the BS. We will give you 30 minutes, top to bottom, jam-packed with news and analysis you're not going to hear in mainstream media. This is Monica Perez. I'm Brad Binkley. And obviously the biggest story today is the mass shootings in Texas and Ohio. A couple of guys in different places. We have yet to find the linkage. My guess is the linkage is 8chan or some social media vein. Uh, went and killed a bunch of people. The Texas story is taking the dominant place and the normal culprits or obvious policy agendas are up there from gun control, obviously, uh, but also there's elements of white supremacy, domestic terrorism, internet radicalization. There's a lot to unpack here and especially a lot of agenda items and policy goals that are immediately being exploited in this story. So Binkley, what's your first impression of this? My first impression is the reporting, really, because it's disgusting to me. Beto O'Rourke was sta- Beto O'Rourke was standing on in the middle of a crime scene with police lights flashing behind him, and he's up there yelling at CNN talking points that he said on the Democrat debate stage and comparing his political opposition to the Third Reich. It's a joke, and it's disgusting. And my empathy, I have I have very much empathy for people who go or sympathy who go, who go through tragedies like this, but. I'm not going to let the media determine what I'm supposed to care about. There's shootings all the time, and they do this to manipulate people. I'll tell you that the idea of extreme coverage by the media and the politicians is kind of the dog that isn't barking here. I read, I think, six different articles in the Wall Street Journal this morning about this shooting, and throughout, you often find they have themes throughout all the articles. There's one that the the latest shooters especially El Paso were was inspired by the New Zealand attacker who killed 51 people in Christchurch that if you are going to uh, they they broadcast this stuff to the extreme and then they wonder why people are inspired by it furthermore they in the exact same article and paragraph it talks about how this idea of They Will Replace Us, which came from The Great Replacement, a book uh, by a French author from 2011. This is what they say. I don't know this book. But that since from 2014 to 2018, the tweets of referring to the Great Replacement Theory tripled. But the first time I ever heard this was when the media made a point to play the audio loudly from the 2017 Charlottesville, Virginia clash. Yes, I remember that. I never heard it before. It made no sense to me. And the media is 100% responsible, in my opinion, for promoting that stuff. And then in another article on the same set of pages, it says all those images of suffering, memorial services, people crying, cell phone videos of gunfire. It plays right into the mindset of a few people who would love to replicate that in their own community. Now, it says there's a contagion effect, the FBI guy says. And contagion, I believe, is a word that Trump actually used in his uh, comments about this. If they know it's a contagion effect and they're talking all about 
censoring social media, why not just ban the coverage on the news? Just That's ban the coverage. That's a great question. I, I've thought about that, and it, the contagion effect has been studied. It's there, just like the effect of modeling behavior on television and – Mimics. Yeah, and the video games, AOC, it, it speaks to what you're saying. AOC came out and says, tells off uh, Kevin McCarthy – Blame white supremacy, not video games, as though there's only one contributing factor. When studies have been done over and over again that violent video games do contribute, I'm not saying they're all the way responsible, but they do contribute, and they do virtual reality things to desensitize people now where they've done studies where people can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not uh, like 48 hours later after playing some of these video games. So of course that there's a factor that contributes, and they just try to skew it and pin the blame and scapegoat. And the think tanks, as I noticed a long time ago in that World Economic Forum white paper about how Twitter, social media games affect young men uh, who may or may not end up in the military. But they they talk about these impacts of all this stuff. But those those things could actually be I mean, it in a way, if you look at. Oklahoma City, that Timothy McVeigh was in special ops. There was definitely some funny business going there. There was some infiltration of these groups. The In these pages on the Wall Street Journal today, it talks about FBI infiltration of these of, of uh, white supremacy groups. Yeah. The World Trade Center 93 was infiltration of an Islamic cell. That thing was a that bomb went off and it was not supposed to, according to the FBI insider who was in it. So. There are there's a lot of evidence to suggest that throughout these these articles, it talks about how there's no warning signs. You can't actually attack people who are uh, up to no good. You have to attack ideology. You have to examine people and patterns because we can't just use signs of individuals who might commit a crime to to approach those individuals. And it has to be a systemic, as Trump said, cultural change. Yeah. But I think this is when I want people to like look at evidence and facts because what in many cases, I haven't seen a recent study, but a while back, New York Times and Judge Napolitano on Fox pointed out that the vast majority of terrorist attacks had uh, – FBI involvement. They were sting operations, the vast majority. So you pointed out something about this El Paso shooter coming from far away. I mean, we need to know. Yeah, that, what's that's the first thing that came in my head when I read the fact that the police say that he drove from 10 hours, I think, from Dallas to El Paso to this Walmart to do this. That is very suspicious to me. And you know what? When I heard it was El Paso, I was like, El Paso is a sister city of Jerez. Like, I lived in Dallas for six years. I lived in Houston for a year. El Paso and Jerez are like sister cities. I mean, it's 80% Mexican. It seems like a weird place for, I mean, they might say, well, white supremacists will bubble up because they feel so threatened, but that place was Mexico. You know, I mean, I just, yeah. it seems like a weird place for it to happen. Yeah. It seems so very it does weird to me. me. Yeah, that I came That's from a place. lot of commitment to drive 10 hours to do that, to try and make that point. That and why seems like it was some sort of city? urging. Yeah. It seems like he was urged to me. The FBI informant type thing, people getting radicalized online. There's an article today in the at foreignpolicy.com, how does online radical uh, how does online racism spawn mass shooters? White nationalist terrorism is becoming normalized through internet forums. And I think that those internet forums are probably 
cast Sunstein cognitive infiltration fronts for the most part. Yeah, I think there's probably informants in there that are planning the ideas in their head that are telling them the best way to do it. And then when they do it, they're either stopping them and claiming a victory that they stopped an attack or they're letting them go out there and do something. There's two memetics. One is the memetics, the memes that we've talked about before that enhance dysfunctional subcultures. And that is the government talking about how they do that. They say it's other countries, but I, I don't believe them. And then the mimetics, the mime, the mimicry that I think I found out was Peter Thiel's brainchild. I think that was who it was or his pet project, pet subject, where he studies how the the understudied or the tremendous effect of mimicry in society. That's why I really hate those anti-suicide ads and stuff, because by promoting these ideas it's like you were saying, it's well established that that stuff spawns copycats and a, a sense of community where it, there really yeah. probably wasn't one. It's basic behavioral learning. That's We all learn by the things that we are subject to. I yeah, mean, if it's we much never more. Yeah. yeah, sorry. If we never witnessed or were never privy to this, then. We wouldn't even know that it existed. I'm not saying that we shouldn't that we shouldn't uh, be able to be subjected to things, but they simplify the cause and then they offer a solution to a simplified cause that's going to in no way solve the problem because they haven't actually identified the systemic cause. Like you said a moment ago, they say it's not mental health, it's not video games, it's absolutely not the toxic mainstream media. It's guns and only guns, and that's it. And when you offer a solution in that way, then you haven't identified the problem, so your solution is is nonsense. And there, but not only the left with the guns, but the other things. So I want to just tick off the the hot buttons. I feel like Trump hit in his very short yes I didn't press hear conference. It. Yeah, it was only. I mean, I it, he spoke so slowly. I literally listened to it on one point seven five times speed. So to me, it was five minutes. But he hit a lot of talking points in those five minutes. And when he says there's going to be action, I believe him. He said we as it really put up a flag that said that he vows to act with urgent resolve. Didn't now, he call for a registry or something like that? Well, I, I uh, let me just tell you what I saw, what like things I jotted down and hopefully it's in here. OK, he said uh He's directed the FBI to focus on domestic terrorism, and the Internet is a major problem. He said to look out for early warning signs, but early warning signs aren't even a um, – early warning signs aren't even a major issue with – in these cases, they're saying there was no possibility. So they're piggybacking that on, and uh, – the it says social media is a big problem. Video games are a big problem. Cultural change is hard to do, but we're going to do it. He wants mental health laws, including involuntary confinement. Um, I mean, what do you think of that? Involuntary confinement. My first question is what it takes to get someone confined. How easy is that? Well, that's the thing. He he uh, said that it would be rapid fire. Uh, rapid due process, which there is no such thing. Yeah, and, uh, right. And I, I mean, he wants red flag laws, which we've talked about. Yeah. So these Almost are all... pre-crime. Yeah, well, here's the thing that I worry about. They, the, 
red flag laws, this involuntary incarceration, the rapid due process, it treats people who may or may not have mental illness with fewer rights than people who are seen, witnessed killing people. So you right. you can take, be locked up there forever and you don't know when you're going to get out. And people and they have no rights. They have no rights. They it's not it should be a jury of your peers. It shouldn't be the authorities claiming because even if they're using their good faith judgment, they could be wrong. But as soon as they have the absolute power to take people off the streets, they are going to abuse it. He want and he also yeah. focused on background checks and school safety. So yeah, those are you know, the you're right about what you just said is they'll start if they want to hold somebody for longer or take away their rights, they'll start labeling them as mentally ill as opposed to criminal if that's going to give them what they want more. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you can say if you like Trump that you trust him. As a matter of fact, it says that it says that here in one of these articles, it says uh, Republican lawmakers are unli unlikely to act on gun, gun legislation without explicit support from the president, said Doug Hay, a GOP strategist. If President Trump weighs in and leans in, we can, see, in. <laughs> awful. we can see reasonable changes in our gun laws, Mr. Hay said. So he's a GOP strategist using trigger words like leans in and reasonable changes in our gun laws. I mean, that stuff is all Obama era. His base trusts him and would Wait. allow him. To, oh, he just, said reasonable changes as opposed yes. to common sense. Whatever. Close <laughs> enough. You know, for, this is a Republican yeah. strategist. He says his base, meaning Trump's base, trust him and would allow him to cut a deal on guns that other Republican presidents would not be allowed to make. So that just reminds wow. me, my hashtag, yeah. it will take a Republican. I had a caller once that alerted me to that. Republicans are the ones who are going to bring you gun laws. Yeah, you're, uh, you're right. You echo that theme frequently. I know I do, but I, you know, I have to say No, I'm saying it's good. You're on top of it. Yeah, but the repeated, the repeating yourself thing, they taught me that in radio. They're like, people do, don't listen to every single thing. They're not on the same wavelength necessarily if you're introducing ideas that are not being constantly reiterated in the mainstream media. So I don't like it. I was well, taught never repeat yourself, but you've got to just draw the, Connect the dots. Yeah, and to that, I think that's perfectly fine. That's how we learn is, is repetition. These neural links, these brains, these connect the, – not these brains, but these links in our brains are created when we have it. We learn new information or we see something new, and the more we see it, the more we hear it, the stronger that connection in our brain gets to the point of we don't have to go searching for it. It, it is part of our knowledge, so it's – it's good and it's bad. We have to be critical of the stuff we take in, but the only way that we learn stuff and the only way it sticks with us is through repetition or through an intense emotional um, experience. Which they take advantage of. That's yes, what this stuff do. is for. That's why when this was unfolding on our show on Saturday on WSB, I said, hey, I don't know what's going on here, but I know they've got a policy agenda ready to go. They're going to prey on your emotions. Take a step back. Yeah. Look at the facts. Make sure you know who these people are and if what the narrative they are telling you about the causes of this problem are true because they're going to try to give you a policy agenda that conflicts with our basic ideas about law because if it yeah. was consistent with our basic ideas about law, we'd already have them. Yeah, <laughs> That's it's disgusting the way they've been reacting and reporting on this. The questions that's being asked by the media that just have assumptions, just – uh, assumption after assumption in the question, uh, accusations in the question, and the repeated debate stage talking points that everyone's giving 
It's just disgusting that they're projecting all these these things that are not necessarily the case. And with the Wall Street Journal, for example, they they don't they they're the they're supposedly the coming from the right, you know, where New York yeah. Times is coming from the left, right? But they don't really they don't combat those basic assumptions that are not in evidence or wrong. Let me give you an example. It says in the past, this is from the journal, in the past, Mr. Trump at times appeared to be equivocal about such groups, meaning white nationalists or white supremacists. Uh, It says after white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia clashed with counter protesters in 2017, uh, leading to a woman's death, the president said there were very fine people on both sides. I cannot stand I when know. they bring that up, and they always will. It's insidious. It's divisive. I don't like to trigger you, but that is definitely it's, it's I not, know. I remember watching that when it happened, and I agreed with what he said because he was not talking about the white nationalists. He condemned them before he said it. Right. When the media plays the clips, they play it out of order. They play the other about, one first. Oh, my gosh. And what about that the people who were protesting – I think it was a Robert E. Lee statue who's an interesting person, and I have an opinion on the, on the monuments in that if the person was valid for his time, then it's important as a historical reminder. If the person was a, a fraud and a demon who was killing citizens behind the curtain – then you take that person down. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's there's it's arguments important. on both sides. There's arguments on both sides. Now it sounds like Trump. There's arguments yeah. for taking it down, for leaving it up. What the media yeah, yeah, did right. is, is the media made it not about that. The media made it seem as though the only people that were there were Nazis and anti-fascist. And this is a good example of how propaganda works because the radical elements of that group, of that uh, whatever it was, staging event – they dominated the coverage. They were the only thing that people saw all the time, and by default, all the other people that were there got roped in with them even though they – there's a lot of people who Absolutely. didn't intend to, who knew nothing about really what the, the thing was about. And so by default, they're either or when in reality they were just there for the statue. And whoever arranged the thing for the statue might well have been entrapping people Absolutely. who – Thought about the subtlety of the argument, and yeah, take some courage to go defend a statue of Robert E. Lee. I mean, I I didn't take it lightly. I just threw out a sentence or two, but I went through it. I've agonized over it. I've thought about it. I've discussed it at length on our podcast on the WSB show. I mean, I really think about this stuff, and it is nuanced, and you have to have a discussion about it because it's important to understand uh, being judged by history, being judged on your judgment day, God's law doesn't change. So it's good to like try to use that as a touchstone. And this this can be a way to have that discussion. But people who are like, okay, I can stand behind this and I can argue my point, you know, that that's not what this was about. This was about creating people there and there and those were probably good people who got sucked into this on the wrong side of what There's been interviews with people who were there who were not Nazis, were not anti-fascists, who were pro-taking the statue down, who were pro-leaving the statue up. There's plenty of evidence that not everyone there was a Nazi, not everyone was anti-Antifa, and the media just does not care. They the way they they know not all of them but a lot of them know good and well what went on but they do not care and they stoke this BS because they want to divide people and it's it's insidious and it's terrible. 
and and I, I would reiterate that the Wall Street Journal takes these things that you would say, well, if the Wall Street Journal is saying it, obviously that is what happened. You know, they don't. Yeah. That's the problem. It's like with the Mueller thing. Everybody agrees that Russia is interfering with elections, but that's right. the actual important question that is not in evidence. Right. That that's is, the that big assumption. Misinterpreted. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think the in order to just take off a few more headlines, I uh, we spent a little extra time on this story because it's yes. such a big story. Can I say has, one more thing about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In his manifesto, he talks about – he says that he, Trump's going to get blamed. He says it's, he's felt this way for years, that it has nothing to do with Trump. But also it, they reported that it said the police – he drove 10 hours to the site for the shooting, and then he surrendered to police without incident. In the manifesto, he said he was not going to surrender. He said he was either going to die or they would something would happen. He was not going to do this. So that, it's, that's, it's funny when the details don't make sense and the, you think about it, even if you think this is a setup or a sting or whatever, the details don't make sense, which makes me think that people are getting manipulated and the story is being – they're not really trying to report the actual story or they would pull on these threads. Right. But they're obviously and not. Yeah. One more quick thing about that other shooting that went on that I think is going to be yeah, a Ohio. topic of conversation yeah. is that – Nine people died in that one. I think something like 20 were injured maybe, and mm -hmm. the shooter was only shooting for like I think around between 20 30 seconds. and – It was only 20 seconds? Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. In I think a that's parking gonna... lot across the street. Right. Yeah, there's something very screwy about that, but the but the upshot of that was that they're, in that one they're talking about a civilian should not have this kind of weaponry, and the cops – Heard it and responded to it and killed the guy in ten seconds. Yeah, and they probably used shot shot spotter, which is not mentioned yet. But my guess is it's oh. about surveillance, yeah. and and they're trying to tell you, look, we've got this. Don't disarm us. And I'm like, okay, if you want to disarm everybody, that's fine. But the reason civilians need the same firepower as y'all have is that y'all are the bigger threat, right? You know, overall. But uh, another thing that you notice that I and I also notice is that this cloud flare. By uh, oh, yeah. run by Matthew Prince also features in this story. It featured, I believe, in the Charlottesville story too. And I talked at length about this guy, Matthew Prince, who woke up the next day, took Daily Stormer off the server or whatever you call his platform, and he said, "I, you know, I can't believe I worship the God of Liberty, basically, and no one stopped me. How could I, you know? Now he's took eight channels, yeah." But it's all about sense. That's about censorship. And HN has partially come back on. I'm not sure on what platform. Yeah, it but. says, oh, I'm sure it'll be back up right away. This is a bigger problem than I can solve. So it's all all these agendas are, are coming to the fore. But let's uh, we've got about seven minutes left. So let's uh, let's just hit maybe a headline a minute. You want to want to go back and forth with that? You've got something. Yeah, I think you'll be interested in this one. DARPA wants to help. DARPA wants your help cracking the voting security problem. They're having a contest where they're putting up their voting machine that they have created, and they're asking hackers to come hack it. Uh, I have a solution. You could have paper ballots. I think we should all write our votes down on a piece of paper, stuff them in a shoebox, walk the shoebox down to City Hall – Open the shoebox and watch it being counted. Well, you should walk that shoebox up to this DARPA competition <laughs> and see if you win the prize money. I totally want to do that. That would be great. If it served their cause, they'd probably let me win. Yeah. All right, so 
So I have um, music industry braces for more lawsuits on copyrights. And this, I think, is kind yeah. of funny because uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. I have been noticing for the longest time, and I am not a music person. I, I like music, but I, you know, I'm just not one of those people. Yet I can uh, all the time I hear songs that I, I'm like, oh, isn't that so? Like the Sam Smith song, "Stay with Me." I remember saying, "Oh, that's Tom Petty." I won't back down. And my husband was like, "Yeah, he actually <laughs> had to pay for that." I was like, "No way!" And then the other one that I absolutely just started singing along with the wrong words though is that "Girl Crush," that dumb song by Little Big, whatever. And uh, <laughs> I just started singing with it. I think I was at the Grammys while they were performing it, and I'm going. It's a heartache, nothing but a heartache. It's like, I was like, and my husband was like, what? It's like, it's that song, you know? And he's like, no, it's not. It's a different song. It's like, oh, it's definitely that song. That's uh, good and, music, sticks in the brain with the rhythm, and then the lyrics are and then easy they change, to remember. And then they change. So Girl Crush obviously brings lesbian themes into country music, and they say it's really not yeah. meant to and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, that's fine, whatever. But they're taking a vehicle that you're very open to because it's a popular song. You know what I mean? It's just they're, whatever. They're just yeah. using it. And then I think Blurred Lines was one that they had to pay money for. Happy, I think, was another one that um, I think Pharrell is alleged to have stolen from Marvin Gaye. He had to pay for Blurred Lines a lot. To Marvin Gaye. But anyway, so Katy Perry had to give some money up, but it's it's pretty funny because if you're trying to do like stuff that we do, they oh, I know what happened. My son, who has Down syndrome, is pretty hilarious. He was singing Sunflower, which is a song, it's like a new song kind of I'm sure it's like hip hop or rap or something. I don't know what the hell it is. But it's it's not my kind of music, but he likes it, and it's all the, he knows all the words. So he was singing along to the car radio, and my sister videotaped it, and yeah. we all wanted to see it. So her daughter uploaded it to her YouTube channel, and it got it got flagged for a copyright violation. Really? Oh yeah. If you put if it's like longer than thirty seconds of a song. But that's I looked into that because I want to do my cocktail videos, and I couldn't. Uh, I looked into that, and they say that that's not that's true on WSB, but it's not true. They say it's not true on YouTube. You can't do 30 seconds. I thought you could. Unless you they change, they, they they might have changed it with the recent laws, but you used they to be able have. to do under 30 seconds. I thought so. I mean, I'm, maybe I, I ought to do a little more research on that. But James Corbett just did a great story about it with Stefan Kinsella, who's a great libertarian um, patent lawyer who or intellectual property lawyer who's completely against intellectual property. Highly recommend that. But uh, it's just funny because I feel like live by the sword – Die by the sword, these people, they're all upset about this now. But uh, but it must be a very important thing because it's the it was the signature piece of software that or program or whatever that Sergey Brin created before Google. This was the thing that like won him that became he became the chosen one to create Google, I believe, for DARPA. Because of the copyright searching engine yeah. that he did. And then, funny enough, on Silicon Valley, the HBO show, the, the, who looks like a Zuckerberg character to me, his, his genius insight was a copyright finder, a copyright, um, alert to search the internet for copyright. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they really, the parallels are clear. And I think that's obviously an important issue. Uh, okay. I got one. Yep. 
Kevin Spacey makes first public appearance since sex, sex assault allegations with pointed poetry reading. And then the person who hired him to do it, uh, this was in France maybe, said, I choose Kevin Spacey because he's the best actor in the world, says poet Gabriel Tinti when asked about how the reading came about. I foreshadowed this when he first got um, arrested. Yep. You know, he hasn't been convicted of anything, although he's – the way he's acted, he has not seemed apologetic, and he has never disputed what the Star Trek actor who accused him originally has said. But he's back. They're starting to work him back in, and he was welcomed with op open arms. Yeah, and I and I, you definitely anticipated that or certainly thought it was, there was a good chance of it. Uh, so – all right, I got one more. The – I've been noticing this thing about the Capital One hack you familiar yeah. with this? Okay, mm -hmm. so it says that a chick did it, Paige Adele Thompson, which is a very generic-sounding name. And I thought that's really unusual because chicks are not usually criminals, and chicks are not usually hackers. So I figured this was just another – you know, I smelled a rat with this Capital One thing because immediately after it happened, the Pentagon suspended its plan to award the Amazon Cloud a 10 Billion? I almost want to say it's yeah, it's yeah, ten billion dollar contract. So the Capital One hack happened, and then the Pentagon held back on their contract. And I just thought there's something screwy going on here. Mainly, really, it was a flag that it was a chick. But all these big, big hacks, I always smell a rat. So I looked into it. I look at her, and I'm like, I think that's a dude. Especially because the name was Adele. I was like, that's such a diva name. Like what? Yeah. You know, and and it and the person is transgender, from what I can really? tell. Yeah, from like it's it that person is referring wow, to. Wow, good call. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I know because you didn't hear about that. It's not in this Wall Street Journal article. Not one word of it. And I found something else out. So those stories, if you Google it right this second, they're all three days old. Six days old are stories about how Oracle is mad that the Pentagon is going to award Amazon that cloud contract. And I thought, oh, maybe Oracle had something to do with this Capital One hack. And I said, well, why would they do Capital One? Would Capital One be in on it? I don't know. Then I found in another article it said uh, Capital One was well known. to it's, It was extra surprising that Capital One was hacked through the Amazon cloud because they did a lot of due diligence and, quote, they were well known to have one of the strongest security teams out there. That was actually in the Wall Street Journal article. Wow. So. Uh, I think that that is definitely a uh, – uh, there's more to that story than we probably will ever know, but I thought it was worth mentioning. That's interesting. Let me say one quick thing That's about yeah, yeah. piggybacking on what you said. You, this it was a transgender who did this global hack of – what was the bank again? Capital One? Capital One. There was a story yesterday or early today in Yahoo News that was – First Victoria's Secret transgender gender model, and she's gorgeous. So they're celebrating the first Victoria's Secret transgender model, but they're not celebrating the first global hacker transgender? <laughs> right. Yes, they're just talking that she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually suppressing her identity. You know what I mean? They're not celebrating her unique identity, which I think is a little uh, – Transphobic, perhaps? Yeah, I do have to say this Victoria's Secret model is gorgeous and is very confusing. I bet it is. So I'll let you ponder that <laughs> as, uh, as we let our listeners ponder this uh, episode of the Afternoon Prop. Tune in again tomorrow in time for drive time. See you guys later.
Later.